All right, we're back. Episode two. Part of two. Of the special edition. Part, part two? So we answered one question. <laughs> yes, in yes. The first hour. Maybe we yeah. can go with something a little little less yeah. broad. Let, well, let's well, let's change the tempo a little bit. Let's talk about your vacation first, right? Can we do that? Sure. All right. Sure. So how, how was the Disney experience so far for you and the fam? Let me ask you that. It was it was really good. I mean, so I went to boot camp in Orlando. There used to be a naval training. There used to be a naval training thing here, yeah. yeah. Submarine training too, I believe. No, well, they didn't do submarine training. But nuclear. Nu- nuclear power school was here. Oh, okay. So all nu- all submarine people are nuclear power trained. That's, okay. And in, in fact, if you went if you went to nuclear power school, it was so long they ne- they never sent you to sub school, which was in New, new London. All right. So, so you kind of got fire training and, and uh, damage control, flood training. You got all that uh, kind of in a quick shot here in Orlando. Mm-hmm. But I went to boot camp here, and I went to nuclear power school here. And then uh, I, went to, I went to A school and nuclear power school here. So I was here for about a year and a half. And um, during that time, I went, to, I went to Disney a number of times. Oh, no shit. Never was a fan. Remember I said oh. the last time I'd been at Ep- Epcot was like 30... 30 years ago. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so we started off the, the weekend. We, we did uh, Hollywood. Hollywood Studios. Studios. Yes. And uh, it was the normal situation, but we did the lightning pass. For one, we only got this for one fucking ride. Yeah. 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 Which, but it was, you know, it was nice. Yeah. I mean, we did, we didn't, we did a lot of stuff that wasn't ride related per se. Yeah. Uh, but, but <laughs> the thing is, is, you know, the standing in line for an hour and a half, Two hours. I think we were in Jedi line for like an hour and a half. Yeah, we weren't like the the projected time frame for that was like an hour or 120 minutes, but we were only in there for about 65, 70 or so, which wasn't too bad. There's a bit of fuckery. I kind I kind of like the uh, set your expectations really low, right, and then over deliver. Right, I kind of right. liked that because we we were moving to the line pretty quick, but even still, like an hour in that line feels like three hours. Yeah, it's brutal. But at least it was air conditioned. So like yeah, it's almost like oh, it's they, all inside. It's almost like somebody sat down and said, "Okay, let's assume it's 100 degrees outside." Right. They're gonna get in this line. They're all hyped up. They're gonna reach their limit, and as soon as they reach the limit, that <laughs> point of the line, there should be air conditioning. <laughs> gonna, right. Where and is then, that? The, they've definitely done and, that. And, data then, and then they're gonna in about 30 minutes. They're gonna go. Oh man, I really like the air conditioning. And then that's gonna wear off. And then you just gotta start doing. You know, characters and shit, right. or something. Yeah, something to because they're in line with kids. Something to engage. Yeah. Let me tell you, I'm a full grown adult. Right. I can't stand lines. Right. Standing in line with a two year old and a three year, a six year old and right. a five year old and a seven year old, it's like, right. That's a whole other level oh, of the third God. circle of hell. Yeah. So, yeah. So you know, that's animal class. Yeah. At least they got to entertain each other though, which was kind of nice. Yeah. You know, yeah. We had a good number of kids. You know where. There are different levels of engagement there, you know. So that fucking helped. Yeah, but the, sure. but so so I'm glad we did that the first day, right? Because I was like, hey, you know, it's new for Fiorella, it's new for us, but uh, that wore off pretty quick. Oh yeah. But the second day, the VIP standard. Man, that's that's the only way to fucking do it. If you go to Disney, but it's like six hundred, eight hundred bucks an hour, man. Yeah. It's it's no joke. You're not. It gets up there. I mean, like we went and ate lunch or dinner or what? We ate lunch, right? So number one, it's a place. Mike was saying you couldn't even get into if you just yeah. You'd have to have months. Right. Of yeah. The BR guest thing is fucking yeah. It's not easy to get into. That morning we go, hey, maybe around three o'clock we'd like to eat. Do you think you could get us in here? Boom. Yeah. She's like, hey, oh yeah, no problem. Table for eight. Boom. Right. 
Yeah, well, you're all set for three. <laughs> Mr. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so there was that. Mm-hmm. Uh, plus, she was just awesome. Yeah. Our, our concierge. Yeah. Lady. Kennedy was her name. But uh, it feels, I mean, it got to the point where I was walking through the park and I would see a line. It didn't, I didn't really care what the line was for. Right. I didn't even know what the line was for. <laughs> but the first thing that went in my head was, there's something over there worth standing in line for. Can we just go cut? <laughs> Can we go cut? Can we just go to the front of that? Kennedy, Kennedy would like the front of that line. Please. Yeah. <laughs> Sir, that's for the bathroom. I don't care. Yeah. I just went in front of everybody Dude, else. Dude, I'm going to tell you right now, just dodging the fucking getting into Magic Kingdom and getting out of Magic Kingdom alone is worth it. It's in, always in, been the part in, you hated yeah. the most. So oh, they, they came the and, picked, they came the and picked us up at the hotel. Yeah. Right? Drove us to the back lot. Yep. Like where all the secret, top secret kind of, you know, where they deliver the the toilet paper. Right. Yeah. <laughs> where you're not the stuff. Because they're very, she mentioned it a couple of times. Like you're never allowed, a kid isn't, a kid or a guest is never allowed to see a character. Right. Yeah. Without, without the head. Just in, in, in any, unless they're 100% a character. Right. 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 Because they, because it takes you out of the, the magic. magic. The magic. The magic. Yeah. yeah. Right. So, but that extends also to, don't let anybody like. Don't let them see you emptying the trash. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. Wheel the whole trash can away. Put a whole new trash can there, and then we do the trash business out of people's view. Right. I mean, they they have everything down to a fucking to a science. science. Right. To suck as much money from you as possible. Right. But one downside of coming in through the back stage is you get to see a little bit of that stuff they don't want you to see. So right. they're, they're very strict about. Look, you know, don't take pictures. Don't right. you know? Don't pay attention to anything you see back here. Mm-hmm. Pretend it doesn't exist. Right. So there's only certain backstage places places they'll they'll let like they won't let you go down into the tunnels right and, unless you like have a spe- unless there's no kids like right. she said there's things down there that you don't want you can't unsee right like what like <laughs> like Goofy without his head on I'm right like, oh okay like, yeah they, they will not let kids down there yeah so like Paul DeGreco from from Smoking Kiss My Ash yeah he yeah. that would crush him to he would see. he'd be shy he wants to see it but you don't you want don't you don't want, want, it, want yeah. to see right. it. Yeah, you want you to open that door man you can't you can't unsee it. No, but it was great. Uh, we had, we had dinner at uh, Jose on the the Spanish restaurant. Which was Haleo, nice. and and we basically had every Disney property. Yeah. yeah, yeah, we did in two days. Yeah, the only thing we skipped was Animal Kingdom, but we hit uh, we hit every big ride for the most part. You know, the power move was just calling an audible and going to Epcot. Yeah, that was a nice flex, and and then we hit all four points of the big things at Epcot. Yeah. And, you know, she was worried, like, so she, so, you know, this person's experience, Kennedy knows right. what's up. So she knows their time frame, right? She knows what time the park closes. Right. And she's like, okay, well, if you want to hit Frozen, Guardians of the Galaxy, Ratatouille, and um, shit, there was one other one that we hit. Frozen, Guardians of the Galaxy, Ratatouille. Oh, and Finding Nemo. Like, that will pretty much suck the majority of your time, right? And we'll be done right at 9 o'clock when the, when the thing closes. When we get out of the car... Justice starts saying, oh, test track. I want to do test track. So Justice is a pro, man. Justice is a pro. He goes up to Fiorell. He's like, don't you want to ride those cars? Don't you want to ride those <laughs> right. cars? So then Fiorell's like, I want to ride the cars. Oh, cars. And I'm like, oh, shit. Now this is, this is a terrible ride. And she's like, 
okay, we can do that, but we're not going to be able to hit all these she, other she's things. She's not allowed to say, right. that's a waste of time. Right, you right. can't do that. Yeah. That's that, a billion-dollar waste of time. Right. That's a bad yeah. ride. Yeah. You don't want to go on that. Right, right. This is a time suck. This is a, no, this right. is a mistake. So, you know, then we kind of gather together. I'm like, I'm going to tell you right now that test jack is every bit of fucking disappointing. And they're like, okay. So, and you could see the relief on her face. She's right. like, oh, phew, fucking thank God. You that, know? <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, hitting all that shit, Dude, if like if we went today, if we said, "Hey, let's let's go to Epcot," right? For one, you could forget about Guardians of the Galaxy. Like that ride would never happen. You know, you would probably get in Ratatouille and maybe Frozen, but then you'd miss the Nemo or something like that. Yeah, Still- but this is what I'm saying though. Let's say you do four rides, right? And the Galaxy ride was like a two and a half hour wait. Yeah, well, which, you- it, which is its own. Well, like I said, third circle of hell. Yeah, the only way you can get into that right now is only by doing by getting on at seven o'clock in the morning right. and, and punching it in. That's it. Yeah, that's it. Mm-hmm. That's it. So the fact that the the amount of time you save, yeah, you can do two parks or three parks in one day, mm-hmm. just not waiting in lines. Right. So so that in itself makes it worth it. Yeah, I mean, a lot of people hit me up and say, "Hey, tell me more about this thing," and I'm like, "Let me Google that for you." Right. But then the second thought I, I wanted to say to him was. I don't think you understand how much this costs. Right. It's expensive. But you know what? But think about it. I think it ended up being like 600 bucks an hour. Yeah, sounds about right. Is it yeah. based on number of people in your party or is it no. just a flat rate? It's a flat rate based so on the, $600 if you're like two, if you do, if you do like New Year's Eve, it's it's the oh, max. It's, yeah, right. And if you do like than. January 2nd, it's the least. Right. Right. So it really depends on like you know whatever the demand of that date is, but right. not not on people though. No, no. So for like group, you guys group, had like your what? group can be up to ten. Right. I was gonna say you guys had like nine, ten people, so six hundred bucks to get all of you into a ride, not that bad. Yeah, but but like just this is you. It doesn't even include the tickets. Right. You got. It doesn't include too. anything. Right. Oh yeah, I guess because first about, first rule of thumb top. about Disney is the ticket is just the price of, to get in. You're right. to spend right. more money. Right. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean. You know, a bottle of water, right? Four fifty, four fifty-five bucks. You know, it's right. like it's like buying. I mean, it's it's in, every single thing is a way to extract another penny from you. Right. You can't get off a ride without going through a gift shop. And right. if you're with yeah. if you're with you know kids, yeah, it's like buy me something. Buy me. But something. you know what? Our kids were all pretty good. None of them were really pushing. Yeah. I mean, you kind of turned it on at the end. You're like, hey, what do you think about this? What do you think about this? Well, you know. Well, Teddy said. I like, I like, I like. I'm like, let's get it. Right, yeah. Tell me what you like, i right. get it. But then the boys, I try to talk to the boys into getting like Viking stuff, and then and they're like, no, nah, right. I don't. Hey, at least nah. they're right. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Like, you know, other kids would go, if you're going to buy me something, buy right. it. Stuff? Yeah. Yeah, stuff. But your kids are like, well, I really don't want that. I don't right. need that. So yeah. Like, okay, cool. I solidified them for a, a droid build as well. Ah, maybe that's the way. We'll so go. they, so they know. You know, I actually have to go next week. Ah, yeah, you're going yeah. to Disney again next week. I have to go next week. Yeah. Oh, My, so so our Disney trip has a residual cost. There, yeah, there's a parlay. Yeah, there's a parlay. And you know, I'm like, plus hey. the the other part of that is they're gonna be like, well, why why can't we skip lines? Like, right. we yeah, skip? what the fuck is this? Yeah, why are we yeah, don't yeah. wait in line? We're talking <laughs> well, skip. You know, like I actually told my I, Jack specifically said, hey, listen, I'm really proud of you for not, you know. Saying, well, I'll, okay, I'll take that just to take something. And, yeah. you know, and when Justice started to have the meltdown that it was ending and like, I'm going to miss everybody. We're not going to see anybody anymore. Like that whole thing. I was like, look, when we come back, why don't we do the droid build? Well, that, you know, that'll make you a little bit happier, right? And they're like, okay. So um, it, it's a good parlay. 
The droid build is basically the boy version of the princess dress-up thing. I think so. You know, so they have two major things in Hollywood studios. They have this lightsaber thing. Right. Like, I've that, seen yeah. that. Yeah, I remember, I remember the geeky girl yeah. going, uh, this line is for this thing. Right. That you this had is Savvy Shop. Six, six yeah. months ago, and why are you in this line? <laughs> right. Like, what are you doing here? You don't, you don't even understand the powers that you're fucking with at this point. <laughs> right. And I don't think, I just think that that, that so when I kind of did my research, there's that's just so in-depth, like Star Wars-wise. If you're not like a real geek about Star Wars, right. a lot of things will go over your head. Well, that was the other thing. The boys were really good is like, this was entirely built around Fiorella. Right. So it was, okay, do we go to A- or a princess thing. Right. Like, the boys had zero. Look, I mean, when I was nine years old, right. I'd have been all over hugging up on right. a couple of those princesses. Yeah. I think Justice was down, but once he saw that his older brother wasn't down, he's like, all right, I'm going to sit tight. Yeah. Yeah. You know? I mean, I would have totally taken the shot. Right. A little ass grab there? Whatever. <laughs> what, I'm not talking about, no, I get it. you yeah. know, I don't want right. to be canceled. <laughs> I was 10 years old, but I'm saying getting a hug against a set right. of those sleeping beauties. Right. <laughs> you know. I'm down. I mean, yeah. 10 when I was 10 or 9 when I was 9 right. is different than 9. Right. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. So they sat tight. They were cool. They, you know, I got to tell you, man, yeah, there was really, you know, kids are tough in that long span of time. And- the bitching was pretty much non-existent, you know? Oh, no. Two days, no. Yeah. Um, it was... They easy. were kind of bored at dinner, but that was like yeah. a drawn out... It was a little bit of a stretch. Yeah. yeah. No, but it was good. The painting of the, the, the dessert, though, they were down with that. Yeah, yeah. That was great. Yeah. To sum it up, uh, it went so well that me getting pulled over by the state trooper today... It was nothing. Didn't even bother me. You know, you, what what's kind of remarkable for me is like... I mean, I have seen you in, like, the family kind of uh, atmosphere, but only in, like, Esteli, right? Or, um, you know, something, we're always kind of, there's work involved to some aspect, right? But, like, this time around, work, everything work-wise is really kind of tabled, and with the, the whole focus was the theme park, right? So, it was awesome to really kind of see you as, you know, the whole family aspect, right? It was really, like, I haven't seen that. Well, there was like an hour there where I was in, in a, a heavy chat session yeah. over some slap dickery. But right, but that's standard, you know. But yeah. you know that that didn't really interrupt all the interaction with Fiorella. No, no. I, got I got chastised. I got chastised for that. Yeah, of course, you know. But pa- like, passive aggressive, aggressiveized. Yeah, passive aggressiveized. You know. Yeah, but whatever. You know, that's yeah. that ain't fucking that ain't no thing. Yeah, Ar- Arlen said you don't see Mike on his phone the whole time. He spends time <laughs> with his family. He's a good dad. Oh, great. Uh, Brittany will tell you otherwise. Uh, that's, yeah, that's Brittany will definitely tell you otherwise. Like, you realize it's your daughter's birthday and you're chatting on about stuff at work, and we can never leave work. And I'm like, oh, man. Gotta Look, pay for the trip. You know, I'll gotta tell pay you, for the trip. Brittany will, will be the first. Exactly. Brittany right. will exactly. be the first to tell you that when we travel, like, I'm still acknowledging orders. I'm still going back and forth with things. I'm still doing those things. Your job never leaves you. Yeah, you know? I was dealing at one point with a customer complaint while we right. were in line. Like, a customer was complaining about something so right like oh i don't realize you were at disney world i'm like hey dude right it doesn't matter i gotta respond right yeah Yeah. you know and but even still you know we were you were like another degree out of that environment right where your main focal point wound up being family and activities and it was just really kind of cool to fucking experience that with you you know i really had a lot of fun i enjoyed it you know like i don't know it was really fucking cool so well i can tell you i'm you know personally like that's not how it's been two days of my life, right? Yeah. So, so almost none of that was like for me, no, entertaining or fun. Yeah. But 
I get a lot of, uh, you know, kind of seeing Fiorella all, right. all the way live. Like seeing Fiorella walk off the Guardians. First of all, Fiorella is a roller coaster. Is a beast when beast. it comes That's to roller coasters. That's what you were saying. Yeah, yeah. He, he's a roller coaster monster now. Yeah, look, mm. I I really was like, ah, you know, teacups, you know, <laughs> the little the little mind train. I thought, oh, maybe she's not. So I insisted on sitting with her. And the whole time I'm like feeling like on the uh, Seven Dwarves one. Right. I was feeling a little bit. Even on the Ratatouille ride, I was like, oh, that Ooh. was an un- unnecessary amount of spinning. <laughs> it was unnecessary. <laughs> and I'm like, you know, because I get motion sickness. Right. right? So I'm like, uh, you know, how's she going to handle it? She's like, she's nope. like, I want more. Right, right. More, <laughs> yeah. give me more. Yeah, we're just feeding the beast. Yeah, man. like, like I, so I didn't go on the Guardians of the Galaxy because I know my own limits. Right, right. So I'm standing outside with, uh, outside. Fiorella comes off. Or no, before, before, before Fiorella and them come off. Um, I see all the people coming off for like 10, 20 minutes. Right. Mm-hmm. And it's everything from, oh, that's the greatest ride I've ever been on. Oh, that was crazy. Can you believe this? Can you believe that? And then I saw people coming off just like shook. <laughs> <laughs> like kids, you know, kids that are like, you know. Just, whoa, and, and then the family's oh. like, oh, man, I knew, I, you know, it was too much for her. You know, right. Whatever. And there's like the eight-year-old going, oh, it's the worst experience of my life. <laughs> and then this, there was like this 20-year-old girl, whatever, uh, she's like, like needs an EMT. She, she's like she's in full distress. Yeah. Like, I don't know what was going on with her, but but they were like basically like you know putting water on her head and everything. It was like crazy, and I'm like, oh shit, this right. thing must be crazy. This thing, because you know you're just seeing all the right. He's the, wit- the after, you're witnessing all the, the feedback. immediately yeah. as, immediately right. after they get off the ride, they're coming out the exit door where the air conditioning was coming. So right. I was right there. <laughs> so they come off, and I'm like, oh my gosh. So I so. Teddy says, ah, you know, there's the boys. And they're coming down these stairs. And I'm like, oh, yeah, because they're all, they're all, they have the same shirts on and everything. Right. And I see Fiorella. She's just, like, moving out front. She's like, oh, my God, I thought I was going to die. <laughs> but she's, like, f- like flexed up. And I'm like, right. oh, man. That, she, that was the move. Yeah, she's a roller coaster. Uh, she's going to be a pro. Yep. When she gets bigger, we take her to Velocicoaster. <laughs> exactly. We do that. We do it the right way. So... Yeah, man. I mean, shit. I, I was super impressed with how she handled all that stuff. You know, you would think that a six-year-old, yeah, that could go either way. She's young enough to enjoy the simple ones. Right. Like the uh, Toy Story where you shoot at the things. Yeah, the Toy Story Mania. Or even the Nemo one. Right. It's basically just a... Yeah, you just sit in. Waste 30 minutes, you know, right. or the Little Mermaid one. Right. She liked both of those. Right. The thing about Fiorella is she almost never, ever watches uh, TV. Right. She, I mean, you know, she spends more time on her tablet than I would like for her to spend. Right. But, you know, she's All outside. She's swimming. Right. She's, she's active. Um, she loves animals. Yeah, she loves the, playing with the animals. She loves doing, like, activities, like, coloring and drawing more than anything. But she doesn't watch a lot of movies. Like, she, she's right. not going to sit in, fr- in front of a movie and watch it for three hours. Right. So she's seen some Disney things, but mm-hmm. she's not like my kids when they grew up. They had every VHS tape. They right. knew all the characters. Right. The yeah. whole collection. So where she really kind of lit up were the ones that she knew, right. like Frozen and and Mohana. Well, there wasn't a Mohana one, but the Frozen, right? The Nemo one mm-hmm. she knew, but like like Toy Story, she kind of knew, right? Um, the uh, but but a lot of those like Guardians of the Galaxy, she has no idea no what idea. it is, right? But, you know, some some of those things they were kind of they they went over her head a little bit, right? But yeah, it didn't matter as long as the ride was fun. Yeah, like she has no idea what Star Wars is, right? She had no idea. Right. That whole thing, you might as well have been showing her, you know, something from the 50s. She right. has no idea. 
but she still had a good time on that ride. Right. Yeah, they're done real. I mean, remarkably done. Well, remarkably. the other thing is you have to realize they have no context. Right. Meaning they've never even been to an amusement park. Right. So Arlen's like in you know, a carnival with the normal carnival rides or whatever. Right, where somebody falls off and dies. So or... she's completely <laughs> fascinated by the whole the whole thing. Right. It's just like a whole brand new. Like, you know, it's one thing going to Disney and you know what Disney's going to be. Right. Right. She had no idea what it was. Right. She no expectations was, at all. You know, when we were walking around the, the Epcot and it's like, you know, buy some funnel cakes, buy right. a beer, see a couple of characters walking around. She thought that's what Disney World was. Right. She didn't even, she didn't understand, like, she's even seen a roller coaster, but she's never, she never had the context of where they do the, like, the, the, the Jedi ride where they do the whole story right in, in the 10 minutes yeah, of the, the ride. the Rise of the Resistance. She's like, she has no idea what, she, like, like, you know, that's crazy. Right. It's insane. It's crazy, yeah. That was a blast. What's Wait a good time. What's the next on the subject? Uh, weasel Fest. Yeah. People are wanting to know if there's going to be a Weasel Fest. What the fuck is going on with Weasel Fest? So, um, the short answer is, there is going to be a Weasel Fest. It's going to be Labor Day weekend. It was supposed to be Saturday Mm -hmm. with VIP stuff on Friday and then kind of some shooting and stuff on Sunday. Then Scarface couldn't be there on Saturday, so we had to move the whole thing to Sunday so that he could be the headliner again. Okay. He's a huge Roma guy. But uh, oddly, that's not reflected in the prices. <laughs> you know, like I'm sure Nick could have Joe Rogan show up and do a little, you know, 15-minute right. MC. Uh, you know, Scarface is not in that mode. <laughs> but I don't mind paying for it. Right. So, um, you know, the problem is, you know, when the, when that one piece of the thing costs $50,000. Right. And you're only going to have 250 people. Right, do the math. Right, right. You're you're already at two hundred dollars per person before anything. Right, you haven't even touched booze, food. Right, nothing. Right, so so the like last year we ended up we wanted to have four hundred people right with a hundred mm-hmm. VIPs, and we planned for that. So we spent like three or four hundred thousand dollars, which would have been about a thousand dollars per person. Right, we ended up having about a hundred and fifty people there. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so do the math. I mean, right. we spent like and it, you know. The tickets were two, three hundred dollars, whatever. But just the price of mailing the weasel packs right. was more than what we collected on ticket sales. Right, right. So um, it was never meant to be a money maker. Right. But when you have people criticizing you, oh well, they're selling cigars. It's like, well, we're giving cigars away with the ticket, but right. the whole entire thing is not even about cigars. Right. It's about just being a part of our world for a day. Right. People fucking complain to the, the well, they're selling cigars. Uh, I got some of that. Like I, I heard some of that about you know. Oh, you're selling, you're selling. Like, oh, you're inviting us here and you're selling cigars. You're selling Grand Perfectos that we can't sell in our store. Give me a fucking break, dude. Yeah. So anyway, that's like the can't make everybody. That's happy. the analogy that you you said to me uh, when we were rolling about about like you know you have a dick, uh, so I'm not going to introduce you to my wife, right? Because you know <laughs> there's potential there where you could sleep with her. You know. Like, yeah. Come on. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. That's fucking ridiculous. It was really wise what I said, but I don't remember exactly. Yeah, it was, it was really on point. I, you had me dying. Yeah. So, so, so just the one day, or are you going to do the VIP Friday? And then there's VIP else Saturday. Maybe uh, the last email I saw, I think Mike had can't. So we were going to do a dinner at Bob's Chop House on the roof for the VIPs. Um, 
which in itself is is more than the cost of the VIP ticket. It's right. like it's ridiculously fucking expensive. You know, dinner for a hundred people is like thirty thousand dollars or right. something. Um. So the the short answer is I don't know. I'm trying to stay in as disconnected from the planning of this as possible. Right. Um. Basically, a it can't be at our headquarters. Because the autism school yeah, they built took, took over the Grubhub place. Right. And so our whole lawn area is gone. Okay. So, uh, and plus everybody just wanted to hang out in the headquarters instead of being out in the... Right. So then, and a lot of the expense was the tents and the stage and all this stuff. So we found this really cool venue. Justin Andrews did a, a, a event at Whiskey Fest when he was there at this venue. And um, it's really dope. So, but you know, anytime you do anything any with anywhere else, it always comes back to the smoking, right? Yeah, I was about so to ask. you can't do it without smoking, right? So it's like this back and forth, like trying to find a venue where you could do the smoking, and in downtown Austin, you might as well be in San Francisco. I mean, it's like <laughs> you know, you can smoke as much weed as you want, right? But as soon as you light a tobacco product, it's right. You're killing everybody you're, around. Yeah, you. exactly. Mm-hmm. You're you're killing the planet. You're right. you're giving us all immediate cancer, right? Um, not even, you know, it's also, uh, there's probably some gender complaint or something, too. <laughs> so, um, the long and short of it is, I don't know the exact details, but, you know, like, last year we had two food things, we had two uh, beer things, we had two liquor things, we had uh, three acts for music, and the goal was to have 400 people. So, I think this time we're trying to scale it down to about 250 people. Right. You know. Last year, people just didn't get it, what it was going to be. And then they felt like they missed out. This year, um, if you miss out, you miss out. I mean, we're just throwing the thing, you know. Right. You know, if you don't get it, you don't get it. So I don't, I don't know what to say about that. But it's going to be, I think we may still have two liquor things, but we're only going to have one food thing. Mm-hmm. We're, we're only going to have maybe one or two music acts, probably two. Right. Because um, um, the next step, which is part of Third Root, mm-hmm. um, I'm, I really dig what they do, so I'm, I'm going to try to get him to do the first set. We were trying to get Gary Clark Jr., who I don't know if you know who that is, but it's a big deal. And um, Scarface is more of a friend of ours, so we went with him. I mean, it was, gotcha. he, he does great anyway. <clears throat> um, so, um, you know, you know how it is. Yep. I told him to plan it small, <laughs> and then I'll add on to it as soon as I start. So, you know. Right. But if, earmark if, labor t- if the ticket's two fifty, you're gonna get two thousand dollars worth of value. Right. I mean, it's you know, whatever it is. But you know, I don't. I don't care about it if, if it costs me two hundred grand, three hundred grand. It's not gonna be you know twenty folding chairs and let's a bunch of fat guys sitting around just right. you know, whatever talking it up. Yeah. Or and it's not gonna be a trick or treat where you're there to right to buy cigars and get free cigars. It it's a party. Right. If you get it, buy a ticket. Right. You won't regret it. Right. You don't and, get and it, whatever your airplane ticket costs, whatever your hotel costs, believe me, the value you're getting at the event is right. more than all those three things together. Of course. So of course. I don't think we're doing the uh the weasel packs this year. Just because I think we will have um so I think we have another five hundred boxes of the Catador Grain Corona that we specifically earmarked for the event. Right. That we'll sell at the event instead of including it in the ticket price. That's cool. Yeah, and then... You can um, just smoke them there. And then um, there will be a VIP something, but I'm not sure exactly what. But I would plan for Sunday, September... 
Labor Day weekend. Whatever that is. <laughs> right. Fourth, I think. And, yeah. if, and if you can't make it, you can't make it. Right. So there you go. It's like it's like our cigars. Right. We're going to sell them as fast as we make them. Right. As soon as we put the tickets out, they're going to be gone. So I'm not right. I'm not sweating, you know, promoting it, whatever. If, if you get it, you get it. If you don't, that's cool with me. Right. Okay. So there's your answer, Phil. Because Phil always asks me. Why do you say call him Phil? I thought that was Boots. It is Boots. It's Phil the cameraman. He's got a different name. I thought Phil was the, I don't remember that guy's name. Stan? Oh, no. Phil was the name you use when you don't remember the guy's name. Uh, I do. That's what I do, but we named our cameraman Phil. Yeah. Okay, but his name. So it's like a secret. His name's not really Phil. His name's not really Phil. Okay, I'm not on the inside joke, I guess. He likes calling him Phil. Then I just roll with it. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so Weasel Fest. Weasel Fest. Uh... Just summarize, we don't know where, we know when. And well, It's, it's it, going to be downtown Austin. Yeah, it's oh, in downtown Austin, Texas. Austin. Well, yeah. I mean specifically where. Yeah. Okay. But we do have a date, though, now at least. Yeah. So people yeah. want to start going planes and hotels, well, they can Quinn, start looking around. Quinn Juan Gennaro Here's what I know. At that point? Quinn, Quinn, what Quinn, I know is Quinn we've signed a contract. Gennaro. Right. We've paid a deposit. Right. I think we're like $70,000 in so far. So it's going to happen. Gonna Something happen. is going to happen. Something. On that the date. The train has left the station. <laughs> you can't move that date. Right. Okay. So, um, what I don't know is exactly what it's going to be. Right. But it'll be worth it. Right. So, if you want to book a hotel in downtown Austin in the middle of, close to downtown. Right. For Saturday and Sunday and buy an airplane ticket, you're probably, you, you know. You'll, you'll be, be okay. Safe. You'll be yeah. okay. Yeah. I mean, if you. are at least going to see Scarface. It, what I would do, and I'm not saying this is a process. I'm just saying what I would do personally. If I bought an airplane ticket and a hotel room. For that weekend to Austin, and I I would send that to Sean, and I would say, hey, I've already booked, booked. It. right, right. Um, can you make sure you let me know as soon as possible when to buy a ticket? Right, that's what I would do. Perfect. And and I assume Sean would say, got you. Right. I'll let you know when the ticket portal is going to open. Yeah, you can count on Sean. And it'll probably open an hour or a day before. We kind of tell people. Right. So that those 20 or 30 people can get in there and, you know. There you go. Yeah. Easy peasy. Good deal. That's what I would assume. Right. So email Sean, not me. Email Sean. Please email Sean. <laughs> email Sean. Well, what else? That was so, the only question no. I had. That's a, that's a question people have been asking me. Yeah. So I came all the way to Orlando page. to ask you about a Weasel Fest. No, you came okay. here for Disney World. I'm what just else, a bonus. What else do you want to know? Yeah, let's Mike go. Palmer. Come on, Mike. No, What do I not know? I know everything there is to know about you. I've stayed at your house. We have technically slept together. Wow. I've slept at his house. Yeah. He did sleep at your wow, house. Wow, that escalated really, <laughs> really quick. <laughs> Everybody knows anyway, Skip. You've never, you've never been in my bedroom, have you? Uh, no, no, I've okay, never crossed so the threshold. So the answer is no. Well, you've been in the room I slept in, though, when I was in there. What was I doing there? I think you're showing me where things were or something. Okay. Did you have clothes on? No. Oh, <laughs> yeah, clothes on. <laughs> of course on. not. Of course not. Believe me, because I, BDP, I would still be washing that out of my brain. <laughs> <laughs> you wouldn't have made it here today. So let's talk about, what do you want to talk about? The PCA? What do you want to talk about? Ooh, yeah, I mean, we didn't, we haven't really covered. Uh, State of the you want to switch industry? over where, to, where, where uh, yeah, yeah, to Patreon? We're in an hour and a half? Yes, let's do Patreon, oh. and we can kind of. Oh, okay, wait. You're going to, we're not going to finish this half hour? How long are we out on this? 30 minutes? We're, we're in an hour and a half so far, but it's uh, seven it's 7.30, and we do have a 9 o'clock. We yeah, do. Fuck we, them, fuck, fuck them. Hey, listen, when you commit, you got to commit, you know? We're, we're a featured guest. Yeah, you've got another hour and a half. 
How long do you think this Patreon is going to last? This guy's, know, this guy's never on time. This guy's okay. always late. Yeah, he's going to be always late. I'm not, I'm not late. I, <laughs> I either don't commit to when I'm going to do something, or I'm exactly on time. Mm-hmm. There you go. Well, let's talk generally about PCA. Okay. So okay. Do the cigar industry. We'll right. And then, and then this. we'll parlay that into oh, into the Patreon. The Patreon deets. Okay. I don't. I don't like as a guest having to dictate your agenda here, Mike. I figured a certain level of professionality, you'd have some. Questions. Well, we had something. Well, questions. I didn't find out you were coming till thirty minutes before you were on your way. You've been. You've been asking me to come. You know what? That's true. You don't wait till the fucking guy who's eighty years old who has a legend who's a legend to die before you write his obituary. You write his obituary. You have it continuously updated so that so that. <laughs> so when I he should dies, always have a set of skip questions on hand, of course, just in case. Of course. Yeah. Boots, am I wrong? Yeah, yeah we may have some. <laughs> Phil, let's Phil. Absolutely not. We may have some shutters that he has to buy soon too. So I mean, you know, you gotta right. Yes, you gotta prep them right. Do you need new shutters. So let's talk about <laughs> boots at the trade show. Okay, I'm, right. gonna, I'm gonna make some observations. Okay, here. let's go. Okay, let's do this. Based on the last podcast, I listened to. So number one, he gets it. He does get it. He knows his role. He knows his role. He fucking does it. Yep. This is true. He's on time. I remember the I remember the whole speech you had about being on time, blah 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 blah. Right. Who's the first person that's not on time? <laughs> yeah, well, it was a don't. minute skip. One minute, and it was my uh, wife. Would have been longer mean, than a minute. He said. He said. Mm-hmm. One minute is not an that's excuse. It. That's it. If you're not ready on the dot, we're leaving without you. That's it. He could have left. I would have got there. He should have left. He should have. Mm. He should have. Mm. I'm soft. You can't. You can't draw a line in the sand. Yeah. Wait for Palmer to stick his toe over it. Right. And right. then get mad when you don't do what you say you're going to do. I know. You're right. I, uh, you know, I fucked it up. I should have, uh, I should have just left. Should have just left. That would have parlayed in a whole other level of fucking fuckery. Uh, we might not have seen her again for the for the week. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> maybe in the end you made the right choice. It may not have been the choice I would have gone with. <laughs> but my my point of that is to say, I was very impressed by uh, Boots' ability. Boots is a leader. He owns his own company. Yep. He's right. a leader of men. He ch- he's in charge of shit. Yep. Know your role. In that situation, he had a very specific role, and he fucking executed. He is fucking lapping this up right now. Am I wrong? But am I wrong? Am I wrong? Am I wrong, yeah, no Boots? Disagreements. Absolutely not. See? See what I'm saying? I like that. Yeah, he was, he was, um, yeah, you know, it's really kind of remarkable, too, is like, he also geeks out, like, with the celebrities, especially, like, the athletes, too, and stuff like that, but we made sure that we worked it out where he had the opportunity to kind of meet those people, right? And, yeah, when it, he just, he went did, with Did you phone. get to meet Guy Fieri? No, he wasn't. He wasn't he, excited. He, that was he the, met him already. Though. That was the one. Yeah. Everybody was. You got to meet Guy. Yeah, he met Guy at the Great Smoke. Yeah, well, yeah, he met him briefly before, and you know, whatever. It's 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 great that he's everything I've ever heard from anybody who really knows him mm-hmm. is he's a first class human being, right? Which to me means a whole lot more than any any other fucking thing. Yeah, I mean, you were you there? Yeah, you were there when we were talking with Eric, right? No, we're, no. Skip wasn't there that night. Oh, yeah. So, you know, what's really kind of remarkable about Guy is no matter what the tempo is and all the bullshit that's going on, someone says, excuse me, can you take a picture? He fucking stops. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Like, he could be in the middle of his But meal. I'm not even talking about all that bullshit. Yeah, but... I'm talking about being a decent human being. Right. Number one, be a decent human being. Right. 
all the other stuff is know how to deal with your celebrity. All that stuff is, you know, there's these people in the cigar world that think they're a celebrity. Right. Step out of the cigar world for one second. Which is kind of funny. Like, I'm sorry, who are you again? Right, exactly. Right. You know, uh, I don't need to say any names, right. but, uh, you, you you know, right. you're, you're you standing know. in a random restaurant. They don't know who the fuck you are. Right. Like, Nor do, do they know? care. Right. Nor do they care. Nope. I don't yeah. give a shit. Guy Fieri walks in and, you know. Exactly. He can do whatever it's the fuck different. he wants. It's different. Yeah. You know, my only thing with Guy, and this is, you know, I'm not saying this is fair. So what I what I really think about that project is, A, I like all the guys at Espinosa. Right. I really, really like some of them. Right. You know, like they're really good friends of mine for a long period of time. Right. Um, What I really like about Guy Fieri is, is he's not, you know, Ray Lewis. Go right. to a couple events, sign a thing, and then when he's not thinking about it, you know, just go make, go make me some money. Right. He's really committed to supporting the brand. And he will do as much for Eric and his team as Eric and his team are doing for him. Right. That is just, you know, um, I had a celebrity chasing me for like two years to make a cigar for him. Mm -hmm. And I said, look, I really like you. I really like your work. You seem like kind of dude I could Mm -hmm. be down with. Mm. These things don't work out. Mm -hmm. But here's if you're willing to do it, here's what we can do. Come to Nicaragua. You do exactly right. You go through the tobacco school. You learn about it. You tell me about what you like. Right. I give you the tools to make it so that when you say you made it, you can say you made it. Right. I will make it that way. You go. I'll ship it to you. You deal with all the bullshit you have to deal with. Picking the packaging. I'm not doing that for you. Right. You pick your packaging. I have to approve it. I'm not going to do it for you. Right. There's a big difference. You know better than everybody. Right. Right. So then when you get it, I'll ship it to wherever you want. Mm -hmm. You go sell it. You go promote it. If you need my help, I'll show up and help talk about it, whatever. But this is your project. Right. He said, well, I can't make it to Nicaragua. So someone else ended up making the cigar for him. I know who you're talking about, too. Right. Mm Mm-hmm. And guess what? We're not saying names because I don't know. Nobody will ever know it fucking existed two years from now. Nope. If I did it, right, it would be like what Eric's doing, right, right. Because I would make the thing is Eric doesn't Eric doesn't even go to Nicaragua very much. It's really Hector, right, right. And now they're not even really doing a lot of stuff in Lazona. They're doing it AJ, right. So that's one way of doing it. I'm not criticizing it, right. There are different approaches. So guy had nothing to do except for maybe selecting the blend, right, right. From what from what I think Hector said was this was something he had been working on for a while anyway. Right. They just kind of plugged this thing into Guy's thing. It's a good cigar. It's a very good cigar. I don't think it's outrageous. I don't know how much it is. No, it's reasonable. Yeah, it's not outrageously overpriced. Yeah. So it's not like take a $12 cigar, charge 14 because right. AJ's making it, then charge 16 because a celebrity is endorsing it. Right. Right. Then, yeah. It's not that kind of deal. No. Yeah. But, but you know, all that said... Step away from Guy Fieri and that thing, which 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 I hope is fabulously successful, right? Because a, it's a it's a decent cigar or good, right. depending on your taste, your palate, right. right? B, it's going to make retailers money. It's going right. to make Eric money. Um, I know it frustrated Hector <laughs> having to deal with <laughs> the celebrity. Right. He turned into a security guard instead of a <laughs> the, you know a blender. Um, Jack loves it, mm-hmm. right? And and his, their salespeople love it. So you know, and look, guys are. Decent human beings, first class human being. Right. Right. So all that aside, I will say there are some people that are doing projects in this business, like Tiago Splitter with with um, 
Ace Prime. Mm-hmm. He's not even – they don't even really talk about him very much. Right. He's, he's an NBA player. There's um, Ken Hamlin. Spent years going to La Aurora, Placencia, Nicaragua, the Dominican, Honduras, mm-hmm. learning about tobacco, blending a cigar, and he's out on the road selling it. Right. He's a good guy. So, like, if I'm going to support a celebrity cigar, I'm right. supporting the arrival from Ken Hamlin. Right. Because it's the real fucking deal. Right. I'm not saying he's a tobacco expert. But I'm he's not putting even, in I'm effort. not even saying he blended the cigar. Right. I'm saying he's learning. Right. He's doing everything you need to do to be a cigar brand owner. Right. right? Which doesn't mean you have to own your own factory and blend your own cigars. Right. And he's a super nice guy. And he's a decent human he's being. He's a good human being. Yeah. Right? He really is. So, Right. So these other celebrity things, you just got to judge them one by one, I guess. Right. You got to take them. But to your point about Boots meeting celebrities, to bring it back to the original thing. That's what we're right talking about, Palmer. That's yeah. Right. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. So there's some people there that are interesting to meet just because they're cool right. people. I mean, Jerome, um, that was there with Masigneus in his little 10 by 10, you know, um, booth with his wife. Um. He used to be the general secretary of FIFA. Right. I mean, the guy had more security than the president of the United States. Right. Had private jets, fleets of cars, you know, decided World Cups, controlling billions and billions of dollars of stuff all over the world. Mm -hmm. That's a very powerful position. Right. That was probably the biggest celebrity at the show. Right. That nobody had any idea. Yeah. Not in the U.S., right? (laughs) Right. Right. Yeah, you plop it at, you do the, uh, the PCA thing in Germany, whatever it's called. Whatever, where you guys? Yeah, go? I mean, he doesn't do that job anymore. He right. got kind of screwed out of that. But you know, it, that's a whole other discussion, right? But I mean, that guy is like meeting. If if you're if you're in Brazil or South Africa, or it's like meeting Obama, right? That you know that guy. Um, who were the other celebrities that were there? Uh, Ed Reed. Well, Ed 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 does the work too. Yeah, Ed's too, putting, and that's he's not rushing it, and he's a great human being. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I got he not this time around. I feel like this time around he felt a bad vibe for me, and so I was like, eh, I'll just keep my distance. Whatever. Well, he's really close with uh, with uh, Rosie and Sam. Yeah, so that's how I've met him. So yeah, we shot the shit at TPE. I got to Facetime my kids in and stuff like that. You know, and he's a Hall of Famer. Yeah, I mean that's kind of a big deal, right? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he, probably probably the best safety in in the game. Period. Right. Yeah. Um, Ike Taylor was there. And, uh, you know, Leon Cersei, those are the guys that were next to us. They're doing the work, man. They're, you know, they could have fucking wrote it in, showed up for a day and said, hey, I'm out. So those, those are good dudes that, that he met. <clears throat> Who else did you meet? I mean, those three mainly. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's pretty much the, the big ones. But right. I got to meet some cigar guys this time. Like, I never yeah. met Eric. Yeah, you never met Eric Espinosa. Bro. Yeah. I liked, I like pointing him to, you know. The one guy, Placencia, I'm like, that guy? Yeah. He's all of it. He's like, okay. <laughs> you know, uh, Nick Malillo, he, he's like, he doesn't know who he was, but, you know, we got to shoot the shit and talk with him a little bit. Nick's you know. a good guy. Yeah. So, and he just went with the flow. Yeah. You know? I mean, I spent most of the time walking around talking to people yeah. when I was there. I mean, I didn't really spend a lot yeah, of time. Yeah, it was cool. The whole approach was was better, I think I feel, especially for Roma, right? Um the motherfucker woke up early as shit in the morning and took me to the gym. You know, I could have Ubered, I guess, but he's like, I'll take you. Took you to the hotel. Yeah, took yeah. me to the Venetian to, to work out there for one day. Who did? He Butch did. did. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I said, man, professional. Yeah. yeah, complete pro. Pro. Complete pro. Know your role. That's it. 
That's it. <laughs> my role, man. Oh, I'm so glad it's my job. Here. I mean, so you were you were occupied with other duties. You know, it's an ongoing thing. PCA doesn't it, when the show closes, you don't. It's not over, as you know. People don't get it. No, and it, it's not a place. To, I mean, it's not a place to bring your wife and family, mm-hmm. and unless they unless they really unless they get it. There's only two ways it works. One, if you're like John Huber, and you're like, when it closes. I'm out of this motherfucker. I'll see you tomorrow morning. Right. Right. That's that's the way he is. That's his perspective. Right. And and look, he makes it clear. Right. And that's just what it is. His methods are his methods. Right. right. And it's been and he's like that in general. You know, his family's important to him. He brings his family. This is their chance to get away. Right. It's all about the family. Right. Right. Um, it's a known thing going in. All the sales guys know it. All the customers know it. Everybody knows it. And so, the guy drew a line. You got to respect it. Right. Then there's the guys who, you know, it's like, oh, I'll bring my wife. She'll help out in the booth you right. know, or whatever. It's like, no, it's not going to work like that. No. And then she's going to be bored. Right. And you're going to be distracted. Right. And you're, you know. Right. But like, well, the other, the other line is that, you know, you can bring your spouses, but they got to go out and do their own thing. Right. It's like, hey, you know, do a little girls thing or whatever the case may be. Go to the pool or all this other shit. Like I'm not available, you know. Right. And if they understand that, that that that's also doable. You right, know? right. Meet you up for dinners or whatever. Yeah, that's completely doable as right. long as they get that. Right, they got to be on that page. Right. All right. So where are we at? Uh, one forty-five. That's pretty good. It's pretty good. Well, I mean, I don't like this uh, clock watching. This is your chance, Paul. This is it. This is your moment. He does the interviews. I don't do the interviews. But we want you involved. I am involved. I'm no, running no, the board. Listen, look, look, look. You don't work for me. I know I don't work for you. Yeah, I didn't speak, say I work for you. freely. You do the interviews. Speak it's not freely. my end of the program. I want, I want you. I want, we need you entrenched here. Um, you know what? So I'll kind of, a couple of the things that, uh, you know, we talked about at the show. With, I talked, you know, the things that came up at the show. For me, um, one of the things that I that I really came away with was I don't think people understand that there is a big dip happening right now in the cigar business. Huge. So I'll say this out front. I always say it. We make 1.2 million cigars, right? We sell about 950,000, a million in the U S mm-hmm. the other ones go to the Europe. We ship them as soon as they're ready. They sell as fast as we ship them right. pretty much. So some, when our demands 3 million and it goes down to 2 million, we still only make 1 million. Right. When our demand is, you know, goes down to two million or one and a half million, we still make less than what our demand is. Right. So we don't really feel the, you know, it's like the, the impact of it's it. It's like we're the iceberg under the waves. Right. It, you know, it doesn't matter. But there are people who've made big moves to gross up their production. Mm-hmm. You know what people like? The quick recap: end of two thousand, okay, two thousand eighteen, we had the problems in Nicaragua. Right. The sales teams were out there saying, "Hey." There might be a new embargo. You know, we, we, they may not ship anything out of Nicaragua for the next year, or right. two years, three years. Buy as much as you can, as fast as you can. Right. So all these people that had any kind of inventory got scooped up. And they sold every bit of it for a year or so. So come 2019, the trade show, they're doing deep discounts. They're trying to move because they've upped their production right. for this new demand signal. By the end of 2019, there was a glut of inventory in the United States. Mm-hmm. A lot of it had been sold to the big five, 
famous JR, CI, et cetera. Right. And the factories were had no demand. Right. There was no orders from the U.S. The U.S. was full of inventory. The retailers were full of inventory. They themselves were stacking up inventory of even stuff that normally is backordered. Right. So they started laying people off. And all my time in Nicaragua, I'm sure there's been 10 here, 50 there, whatever. But there was like, like Scandinavia laid off like 800 people. Right. Right. That's, um, a, that's a big one. People who, who do nothing but grow were letting people go. Right. Now, I'm sure at any given time in any company, you could cut 10%. Right. There's always dead weight. And when you cut that 10%, there's another low 10%. There's always the bottom 10%. Always. You can, you can always get rid of the good ones that are a pain in the ass, the ones who, 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 who don't show up to work when they're supposed to and the ones who don't do the work they're supposed to do. Right. There's always those people to let go. You let them slide, you let them slide because you need them. Mm-hmm. There's always those people to let go. As you witnessed. Right. We did that a couple of times. <laughs> <laughs> right. right. So the um, the point was is that we it was really clear, that from at least from a Nicaragua perspective, there was a lot of inventory and they had, a, they had no demand. So going into COVID, which was like two, three months later, everybody was like, oh, shit, the whole entire market's going to collapse. Mm-hmm. Nobody had any idea. They just knew it was coming. By February, March, April, they knew some serious shit was coming. Right. So they stopped making cigars. So when the exact opposite happened. Right. And the demand went up. You're in a hole. Everybody's like, oh, shit, I don't have enough raw material. I don't have rollers and bunchers. I don't have enough people to do Despedio. I don't have enough girls in packaging. I, you know, all that. I, I let, let them go. Right. I didn't weather the three months. Right. <laughs> right. So then two things happened. One, everybody started making cigars with less than ready tobacco. Mm-hmm. Not everybody, but a lot of people. Right. And everybody started hiring taxi drivers and teaching them how to roll cigars which has never really happened in Nicaragua. Right. Right? So then uh, another whammy happened, which was all of a sudden, after Biden got elected, somebody sent the word out that if you just come across the border and say, I'm from Nicaragua, I claim asylum. Right. From You're good to go. Political asylum. Right. That at least they're going to give you a court date. They're not going to throw you in a cage. Right. And then those court dates were two, three years away. So by the time they get back on you, you've made enough money, sent it back home, whatever. You're good to go. Then you're hiding from them for two or three years. Next right. thing you know, you got 10 years in the States. Right. Whatever. So there were dozens and dozens and hundreds of people. I think something on the order of, I think I read a statistic, like 300,000 people in six months from Nicaragua. Wow. Which I don't know how many from Esteli. I don't know the number, but I, but I know it was a lot. I mean, right. there, were, there was one factor because they, they what they would do is they would get a group together they would get a bus. They would go through up to Guatemala, and then they would have coyotes, and they would go up to the states or whatever. So they'd go as big groups, caravans. Right. If you watch Fox News. <laughs> so then, what happened was there were people who, hey, this Friday, you know, hundred people left from Perdomo, or what? Right. You know, what, I'm, I'm making that number. Yeah, right. I, don't, I don't right. know if it was Perdomo. They, I don't know the number. Factory, just an yeah. example. Right. Yeah. So I mean, there were huge chunks of people leaving. Right. I almost never lose employees, and I had four people leave no shit yeah and they're not and they're not the they're not the i don't have any lazy right. whatever yeah it's an people. extremely efficient but factory. i'm saying but i'm saying you know at the big factories it's not your best it's not your worst people that you'd like to see go right 
it's your best, smartest people that go. Right. That's my chance. Because they're the ones that have the best opportunity. They right. have the money saved up to pay a coyote. They have the assets to, to borrow against to pay whatever they need to pay. And and they're going to be, if anyone's going to be successful, they're going to be the one successful. Right. So those are the people to leave. And so all of that's combined to the fact that, you know, it's been kind of an issue. And it's showing in the quality of the cigars, I think. Right. I mean, you beat judge for yourself. That said, um, we've done a fairly good job as a community kind of getting people trained up, getting the raw materials, kind of improving right. and making better, you know, getting back to the level we were at. And um, the challenge now is the U.S. demand is going to disappear. Yes. So I think it started kind of going down in November. I don't see it, so I don't see it. Mm-hmm. But from just everything you hear from retailers and other people, retailers started getting uh, overstocked after Christmas. Mm-hmm. They realized they were over inventory. Mm-hmm. They bought too deep. Not just buying, but they had so much shit on backer that came in in January, February, March that they were in a lot of trouble once it all landed. Right. Unless they just <laughs> turned it away. And the consumer wasn't there as much. Yeah. And then um, the warehouses, the people who, you know, who stock inventory. I mean, even we had pretty low, relatively low. We normally carry five, six, seven hundred thousand dollars worth of back orders. So the way we work is if if let's say um we we have two hundred forty units, boxes, bundles of Aquitaine cranium in the factory, and our back order in the US gets to two hundred forty, John stops putting it on orders. Right. But if someone calls and says, Hey, I want twenty boxes of Aquitaine cranium, he looks and sees we have negative one eighty. But then he sees in Nicaragua, over the last 16 weeks, we've made blah, blah, blah. So we have a net positive in the pipeline. Right. He can order up. to. So we, we never order more than what's been produced. Right. And if we get to the point where what's on order, what we have in Austin minus what's on order is a lot is greater than what we have actually produced, we'll shift our production to making more of that thing. Right. Right. The, so the point is you're never more than two or three months away from, from whatever product. it is you want. Right. Uh, some, but we got to the point where instead of having five, six hundred thousand, because you know, let's say we have three hundred thousand cigars in the aging room, let's say they're four dollars a piece on average. That's about one point two million. Mm-hmm. So our back order is averaged about five, six hundred thousand. So, uh, and I'm talking about wholesale value. So if um, I think our wholesale value got down to about two hundred twenty thousand, where it was mainly like. Uh, Cro-Magnon and Neanderthal, that was the only thing that was really on back order. Right. And which was really rare for us. So we even started having like, you know, a couple of weeks worth of inventory in the warehouse. Right. Right. Like we have a very, very small warehouse. Mm-hmm. So when so when the shelves are full and you actually have stuff on the pallet after the shipment is processed, right. never happens. Right. But now that stuff's going to be gone in a couple of weeks. Right. It's not like it just sits there. But so we even saw that. So, you know, of course, at any minute in time, you pick up the phone and call CI and go, hey, I can send you $200,000. They'll take it. Right. But, you know, who, you know, I don't want to get you don't want to do out that, on, the, on, the, on that limb. Right. But that move had already been, that card had already been played by a right. lot of people, and they're still building up inventory. And so we knew kind of going back till November, December, it was going to get tight for the market. Right. And then March, April, then you start seeing everybody else has cleared out their back order 100%. And now they're doing the, you know, buy eight, get two free and a reach around and a right. pocket knife and yeah. T-shirt swag, whatever, whatever. Right. Helicopter. Giving away Bitcoins and fucking, yeah, all that. It's like, 
okay, it's here. Right. So this trade show, no one will tell you this. Right. But there are some companies that went out of business. They just don't know it yet. Right. It's like that movie where the guy's running around trying to they're figure out who dead. killed him. And they're right. already dead. Right. <laughs> There's some companies that have already committed so much to factories, have inventory, and didn't have a good trade show. They're in a lot of trouble. Yeah. I mean, I could I could name some of them, but yeah. but you, you're gonna you get it. You know. Right. You oh know. yeah. And then the ones you know. The point is, the exact opposite is happening in Europe right now. Right. So what's happening in Europe is all the Habano prices went up. Mm-hmm. Four years ago, I'm driving through France, through Spain. You go into a shop, they're 80%, 90 So Germany's 50-50 New World cigars and Cubans. Right. But they keep a good balance. There's demand, right? You go into France, Spain, UK. 80-20. You know, you see brands like CLE or Hoya or... A couple things pop up. Davidoff. Right. But you're not going to see... You know, right? Postanya. You're not gonna. You're not gonna see Roman craft. You're not gonna see <laughs> right. right. So, um, <clears throat> this time, their inventory is super low, and they're saying, "Man, what can I do right. to get distribution?" Right. In countries that that weren't even interested in cigars from Nicaragua before. Right. So you're, I don't. You're starting I don't, to see that in the news that there are weird countries that are all of a sudden somebody's announcing they have distribution in. Yeah. So there's there's really kind of like there's three kinds of distribution. Okay, so the number one way of distribution is somebody has their own distribution, like Davidoff or like uh, uh, Jay, Jay Cortez with Oliva. They have their own distribution. Right. So they make cigars in D- Nicaragua, Dominican, Honduras. They ship cigars over there. They have people uh, in, in multiple countries, Belgium, UK, Germany, that are, that are getting their stores out to retailers. Because in Europe, retailers don't go directly to brands so much. They go... Always through a distributor. Right. The distributor so like in the U.S., the way it works is I make a cigar for X. I come into the U.S. I set the price at Y. I sell it to a retailer at Y. The retailer sells it to a com- consumer at Y times two. Right. Basically. In Germany, it's one-third right. to, the whole, to the distributor, one-third to the retailer, and one-third to the consumer. So if it's nine euros, I sold it for three. The retail, the wholesaler bought it for six, and it's, and then the consumer or the retailer bought it for six, and the consumer bought, buys it for nine. Right. Generally, the general rule. Of thumb. Right. So, um, what happens is, um, I send it to Schuster for three. They sell it to Salie Delay for six. Salie Delay sells it for nine. He makes three dollars. Right. Salie Delay says, "I'm really going to get behind Crown Heads," so he starts being the distributor for Crown Heads in Germany. So he buys it for three, sells it to six to other stores, but he sells the majority of it at nine. Right. So he so he's making two thirds of the the three parts of the pie. Right. So in a lot of countries like Cigar Agua in Holland or certain people in Belgium, certain people in France, they become the distributor because that's a brand they're really behind. Right. And the the reason why they want to be the distributor is because they can get two bites at the increase margin. Right. Right. Right, and 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 they selectively pick those. Like our our uh, distributor in the UK is a big retailer, right? So he brings all of Roma in. He only sells it in his stores. Right. He doesn't sell it to any other store. He doesn't get enough to sell it anywhere else. But we sell it to him directly. We used to sell it to him through through Schuster. So he used to buy it at six and sell it for nine. Maybe he'd mark it up to ten or eleven just so he get a little bit more. Right. But 
now with Brexit, he we started now we only sell to Schuster and to him. Right. Um if a retailer in Switzerland, Czech Republic, Vienna, whatever wants our stuff, they have to get it from Schuster. Right. So Schuster buys it for three, they sell it to them for six. They maybe mark it up to 12, 15, whatever. So you can see a Romacraft for 20 euros in Switzerland. Right. But Easy. It's because they had to buy through two middlemen. Right. Right. And so it doesn't sell and a lot. Additional taxation, all that other shit. All that stuff, right. So um, then there's people who are like just, you know, some regular guy who wants to be a broker, distributor. And he goes, hey, send it to me. Right. I don't really do this for a living, but I'm a good customer, and, I'll, and I know three places I, who will buy it from me. Right. So then they become your distributor. So every week on Half Wool, it's like so-and-so's got a new distributorship in... Right. Right. In... Belgium or... Holland, right. Finland, whatever. It's like, oh, man, these guys are fucking blowing up. No, they're selling like 14 boxes a, a year in this country. Right. You know what I mean? Really, seven of those 14 get smoked by the guy who's distributing. Right. He just right. figured out how to buy a $9 cigar for $3. Right. <laughs> Do you see that maybe the future of that, as given the current market in Europe, that the the third, the third, the third would eventually change? Because, like, I mean, you know, like, look, motherfucker, you need it. No, I think more more likely what will happen is, and, and by the way, every country is different. I just described Germany right, mainly. Just, yeah, just in general. But what's more likely to happen is right now, as new world cigars become more popular, more people will start creating their own distribution hubs with track and trace. Right. Their own bonded warehouses. So people like CLE have their own bonded warehouse with Martin Schuster. Um, big companies like Hoya that do a lot of business internationally will probably start creating their own. Just like they haven't. Well, they don't even have their own distribution. So they cut the out one of those middlemen. Yeah, they'll, they'll be the six right. to the nine. Or that the, makes sense. Right. So what I think will ha- what I think is going to happen in the next year or so is the 440 or whatever the number is in the U.S. for the last 12 months. I think it's going to go down probably by 80 to 100 million. Right. And then the European number will go up by 80 to 100 million. Right. But the companies that already have a lot of distribution in Europe that make medium kind of Cuban-esque kind of acceptable cigars mm-hmm. will will easily offset and eat up most of that 80 million. Right. So, and people like AJ who can make anything, people like Placencia who can make anything, both of those guys already have good distributors, you know, Davidoff, Padron, Fuente, uh, La, Ho- La-, La Aurora. Those guys are already plugged um, in. They're already plugged in. So they're going to eat up that 80, 100 million. Right. I mean, even if I could do another 50, 50 you know, 500,000 cigars, right. I don't make the kind of cigars those people who've been buying cigars in France for the last 20 years want to buy. Right. Right. Um, right. So, I mean, it's not going to affect me much, but the point, the, the reason why I bring this up is to say that there's a disturbance in the force. There is a disturbance. Right, there is a disturbance. You've gotten into a little Patreon action that we've talked about, yeah. <laughs> there is a disturbance in the force. Very, It's very true. And what's going to happen is these little companies that have had a decent bite at U.S. are going to see the, the, the bite. They're going to see the shrinkage. Right. And the bigger companies that have been getting their lunch eaten a little bit by the little guys right. have this whole new un, you know, blue water to play in. So the, the effect is going to be, even though these big companies haven't been, been really growing because the little guys have been kind of nipping at their heels, they have this whole new place to, now to grow into. Right. And if they're smart, they're already, and, and they are, 
<laughs> they're in meetings going, right. okay, we're going to spend less on sales in the U.S. We're going to spend less on uh, inventory to the U.S. We're going to start creating products specifically for Europe. Right. We're going to start investing in our own distributorships in Europe. We're going to invest in our own brand people and salespeople in Europe. And you're going to see, they're going to go get that, you know, because 80 million cigars is, let's say 100 million cigars is a half a billion dollars right. of wholesale. And a half a billion dollars is enough of a pie for them to go. We should pay attention to this. Yeah. Right. right of course. So, so what you'll, you'll see is you'll start seeing this demand problem in the U.S. start crushing little companies. Right. But you're not seeing, because what happened in the past was when the demand in the U.S. went down, right, take Factory X in Dominican. They have X number of people that work for them. They have X amount of, of raw material. A guy comes to them and says, make a cigar. They go, I ah, will kind of do it. But then the demand goes down in the U.S. for them. So they, because I said before, they make more on private labels. They really kick up their private label business. Right. And they start making a lot of cigars for those people. Mm -hmm. You know, my father makes a lot of cigars for people. Aganorsa makes a lot of cigars for people. What happens, though, is they're really doing that to scale their own operations. Right. And they're picking and choosing key partners. People like Dion have done as much for Aganorsa as Aganorsa has done for him. Right. Right. People like uh, Lorenzo with HVC, mm -hmm. he got squeezed out. Right. He figured out really quick, ahead of the curve, I got to go get my own little place. Right. And as, as big of a pain in the ass it's going to be, as hard as it's going to be, I got to go make my own cigars. Right. Because I... He's I, got that mindset. I see the uh, I see the writing on the wall. Right. But these other people uh, that are, like, say, Viaje at Aganorsa, or, you know, I'm not saying, like, Al, Alan Rubin is Racy's Cubana. Right. Um. Dion is Agonorsa. Agonorsa right. is built up, but he's an integral part. He's like the right arm, the left arm, whatever. Right. You can't chop it off. Right. But if you're a finger or a toe. We can afford to lose this. Yeah, they're going to chop that bitch off. Right. You know, so if you're getting, if you're, and I, and I, and I try not to talk about certain companies because everybody gets fucking pussy hurt. <laughs> you know. Right. You know, vaginitis. Right. Is, is a serious <laughs> disease in the cigar business. Right. You know, feelings. Feelings. But my feelings. My my point is to say that these little guys who are a toe or a finger at you know, or they have a toe at this factory, a finger at this factory, a toe at this factory, those guys are in trouble. Right. Now there may be bigger things that happen. Like if I had to guess, Fuentes opening a factory. Fuentes mm -hmm. partners with Newman. Mm -hmm. Fuentes but Newman has their own factory. Right. Fuente also is a partner with Ashton. In in a way. Right. Ashton makes a lot of cigars of my father. Maybe Fuente starts making cigars for my father. Maybe my father agrees to make uh, more cigars for other people. You know, I don't know. Right. I don't, you know, I'm not, I, it doesn't really matter to me one way or the other. Right. But, but my point is, if you, if you are a little brand that's getting made in another factory or has significant chunks in other factories, you have to realize these macro trends in the business to understand what's coming. Right. Because if you don't, you know, look at Robert Holt. Um, Robert's a good friend of mine. He has cigars made at AJ. When he started making cigars with AJ, it was a big, it was it was a big move for AJ. It, it helped AJ. It, Robert's done a good job with his brand. It, it, you know, if I'm Robert, am I a toe, right, or am I an arm, right? And right, and and, and at this point, you can't go be a toe at another factory either. Can't start over. There is no, you know, like you know, uh, I know, I remember when the guys at Crux, you know, kind of shifted a little bit of production away from Placencia to AJ. 
or when Nick kind of moved a little bit away from Aganor to the, mm-hmm. the AJ. Um, yeah, I, I, I'm glad I'm not in that position, right? Because uh, it's there's a lot of big dynamic things happen in the cigar business that are going to affect small companies. Yeah, I'm curious to see the, what the PCA looks like next year. Who didn't make it back? I don't know. We could, yeah. I mean, we, you know, nobody in this business ever goes away. <laughs> yeah, it's I mean? a question of how much abuse you want to take. Yeah. Let's end up at a different company. That's too, that's true too. <clears throat> yeah. Or, you know, somebody, you know, buys your brand. Right. And, you know, when they say XX cigar company got sold, <laughs> to, you know, whatever cigar company, it's like, well, you don't make cigars. You don't sell cigars. You don't have a warehouse where you receive them and distribute them. Right. So you design swag and you own a brand, which you've trademarked. Now someone else has that. Right. So now basically it's more like you became an employee at this company. Right. And they relieved you of the impending implosion. Right. Or the ongoing, you know, this ain't worth it. Right. The <laughs> right? overall stress of it. Right. Right. And at the end of the day, um, Hold on, Phil's got something to say. You'll find out. It said that recording stopped because it's full. Oh, then the iPad's full. We maxed out. You can delete today's show from this morning. You don't know how to do that, though. All right, we're at the we're at the end of the second hour. When did it cut off? Just now? Just, yeah, right when okay. you were saying so, that So finish part. your note. We'll just leave a blank screen. At the end of the day. No, I was saying you got to know. Right. You got to know if you're a toe. Right. You got to know if you're a toe. You got to know if you're a toe. That is a soundbite <laughs> right there. 209. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like yep. if you're if if you're an arm right. or or another important vital organ, right. uh you're gonna live. It's okay not to be in charge of your own production. Right. It's okay to not be in charge of your own future. Right. You can't be a toe. You can't be a toe. Because be- they're gonna cut that bitch off. Right. Hey, we'll stop there. All right. Well, hey, thanks for coming on. Since we're blank screening right now on YouTube, we right. appreciate we appreciate you driving all the way out here, getting a speeding ticket, getting here as fast as you possibly could. And uh, better wasn't our friend that worked for the uh, Highway Patrol. Yeah, Stogie Trooper. Stogie Trooper. Couldn't no, I basically, yeah, basically told him, look, I'm overdue. <laughs> <laughs> I, haven't, I haven't gotten a ticket in 20 years. Yeah, I was speeding. Guilty. Uh, guilty. Give me the ticket. Right. I'm on my we, way. We can both get on our way. Now. You can you can give me the the fine or you can give me the speech. Right. I don't need both. <laughs> <laughs> I know I was speeding. I know people die. Right. I but get it. I'm very I sorry. There are laws. This yes. is my first moving violation in decades. Right. You caught me. You got me. So. All right. Well. We'll wrap it up there. Thanks All right. for coming on. Thank you, Skip. All right. So. A Cigar Hustlers podcast, its owners and its sponsors take no responsibility for the opinions or statements made by the talk show host or their guests. Statements or show topics are not necessarily the beliefs of Mike and Mike Productions or the podcast providers, and opinions between talk show hosts may differ. It is not our intention to libel, incite, or hurt anyone's feelings. We invite you to write the show's host, Mike Stepankevich, with any feedback or suggestions that you have for their shows. These broadcasts are presented and made public as entertainment in the hope that they will be entertaining to the audience.
This has been a Cigar Hustlers podcast, a Mike and Mike production. Be sure to listen every Tuesday at 10 a.m. for all new episodes. Hi, I'm doing. I'm Husto Iroa. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we just don't have to do a single uh, single podcast ever again. Perfect. Ever. I'm good, Mike and Mike. How are you guys doing? <laughs> the Hojo de Hojo. <laughs> It's the Hojo. <laughs> the moderator. You didn't even let him fuck it up all the way. <laughs> right, the I ho- gotta get past Hojo. Go on. I, I don't even have to try to hit He's the not even gonna try. We're gonna, we're gonna cover a lot of ground here, Mike. All right. Try to keep up. That's a sign of a good podcast. Maybe like <laughs> four cigars when I walked in the door. <laughs> <laughs> all right, end this. Mike, 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 Mike,